This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Titus here with my co-host and not in person, Thomas, my brother, Eddings. What's going on? And we are going to answer the questions that you guys had. I appreciate you guys sending in. Those of you that use the Telby, um, not app, but basically down in the description, if, if you guys listen on Spotify, if you listen on Apple Podcasts or you watch on YouTube, down in the description, there will be a link to where you can click on and you can record a message to send in to air on the MVM show. So a few of you did that. Not as many as I expected, honestly. So that's all good. Um, I get it. Some people probably are nervous and don't want to be talking or something like that. But what we're going to do is answer some of those questions. And you guys asked some really great questions. And so we're going to get to those right now. Uh, before we get started, just let me remind you again. Um, actually, let me say this first. Thank you. For all those of you that have been rating this podcast on Spotify. And if you haven't yet, and that's the platform you listen on, we'd really, really appreciate you guys do that. Rate us on there. It gets it out there more. Also on Apple Podcasts, you can write a review and you can rate it on there. And actually, just let me real quick say, just kind of give a shout out to those that did. Um, for uh, TS Wanda or Travis S., it says, enjoy listening to your show. Keep talking about ducks. Thanks all the way from South Carolina. So thanks, Travis, for writing in. And here we got, uh, says, showing love by Eddie Mac 503 Said, hey, guys, just want, just want to say thanks. I'm fairly new to waterfall hunting, and y'all have helped a lot. The podcast is very insightful and interesting. I also like how you're all not afraid to show your love for Christ. Keep up the awesome work. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. And then lastly, the newest one is Dog Jitsu. 
Um, <laughs> he said, great podcast. Gave us five stars. Great podcast. Gives me something to do when Duck City's over. Thank you for the videos and podcasts. So thank you guys for that. Appreciate all that. Everything really helps when you guys do that and brings the rankings down. I'm trying to hit the top 20. We've been down in the 40s before, which I think is pretty cool when it can consider thousands of podcasts out there. So anyways, uh, if you haven't, subscribe on YouTube if you like there, the MVM show. All right. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. And let's pull up the first question. Ready, Thomas? Yeah. All right. Well, I haven't heard yeah. any of these, by yeah. the way. So these are fresh. I'll so, let you go first, yeah. okay? Okay. This one is by Bull Sprig, and they'll probably give their name, but go ahead. We're gonna. I'm going to go ahead and play it right now. Make sure my setting's right here. Here we go. Hey, this is Bull Sprig up here in Iowa. Uh, just a couple of topics I'd love to hear your uh, perspective on. Uh, one is duck hunting the roost, uh, what your thoughts are on, on doing that. And then the second thing is the some of your favorite gear from last year that you guys used, and then also maybe some new gear that you're looking forward to, to trying out for this upcoming duck season. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, man. Thomas, what about the, let's go with the roost first. Uh, I did not hear any of that. Oh, you couldn't hear it? No. It just went quiet. Really? Uh-huh. Hmm. All right. Technical difficulties. That's weird. Man, you might not be able to hear any of them. <laughs> well, now we know calling in the person can't hear, I guess. That's weird, because I've done this before with, like, Travis, and you can hear it. So it must have to be in person, I guess. That's a bummer. Um, so what he was asking is, he says, what's your opinions on shooting the roost? And then he said, what was your favorite piece of gear this last season, and what's some something you're looking to possibly buy next season? So oh, wow. why don't you... Um, Those are a lot of good questions. Um, yeah. Shooting the roost... Personally, I don't really think it's a good idea. Um, I mean, situations vary, right? Um, but I mean, it, it depends because if you if you can hunt somewhere else where you can more or less sort of traffic birds or get close enough to hunt a spot near the roost, but don't blow the roost out you can kind of have more than one hunt off of that um, possibly. So that's, that would kind of be my first pick. Yeah. I would never do it, but it's very, I don't know. I, I think it's just situational. Yeah. Well, my thoughts are, I agree with you on that. Like if you're, you're field hunting, right. But what if you're hunting a refuge that you can only hunt Wednesday and Saturday? Because we know there's sometimes there's spots that the birds like to come in and roost in the evening. So if you hunt the afternoon, you can have a really good hunt. Because they ain't going to stay there bottom line. They're going to get pushed out one way or another from uh -huh. someone walking through there or from it being hunted yeah. by somebody. It's going to be hunted. And it's and it's hunting, it's hunting pressure too. Like if you can if you can get in get out sort of speak um you're not going to do as much damage with like one or two guys or you know then if you take 
14 guys out there and shoot the roost, yeah, they're going to be gone the next the next mm-hmm. day, you know, or mm-hmm. ain't coming back type of thing, you know. Uh, and it depends on the bird numbers and, uh, you know, just hunting pressure, I think, really. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what you got to ask yourself. Do you think you could benefit more by hunting near or trafficking somewhere in between the, you know, in the pattern of where the birds are coming and going from, or if you just want to get, I mean, one awesome hunt out of it, possibly, you know, I, you never know. Mm-hmm. Well, to me too, like if you were just trafficking them at some point, they're going to stop flying over you in that part of the traffic too, you know, like they're going to change their route to how they head to the roost, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to or to or from it. I guess would be the right terminology because when they go feed and stuff. So at some point they're going to learn like, well, we're not flying that route anymore. So Mm -hmm. I'm not saying to hunt it, but my, like my thoughts are like as much as you can even call it, I guess sometimes on the refuge, there would be roost. In my opinion, I would consider it kind of a roost, you know, that's where they come in the evening and they hang out all night. And we've caught on to that, whether it's because we we came in in the morning and they were leaving or mm-hmm. we came, we hunted in the afternoon and they just started dumping in there. It's like, well, yeah, right. like public land refuge where you're limited mm-hmm. on time. I'm hunting it. Yeah. You know, like, well, to me, to me, I'm thinking of a roost of, or I mean, a roost as like massive amounts of birds, like, you know, oh, 500 yeah. to a thousand birds in this designated field or, part of a pond or, or lake or whatever like um uh excuse me sorry um as when we're talking more local like california hunting for sure i mean there's different birds doing different things so there's 100 percent. there's a lot of birds that use the refuges as their roost mm. some do some don't mm. so you know the thing is, to me, I feel like California is different because where we're at, th- there's so much. You know what I mean? There's so much that it's so spread mm-hmm. um, over such a big area mm. um, that I don't think we hurt anything by, you know, hunting that way. I guess I was taking a roost more of just like a one central, you know, like one spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, because, and and that, that goes back to duck hunting being, it's the same, but it's a lot different, different places you go. Oh man, it's so different. People get, people get triggered by when you say one comment, like, oh, you know, this, this is what you do or whatever. And because you live in a different state. Yep and that doesn't really work there people get like oh you know this guy don't know or you're just whatever yep, you know yep. triggers them right mm-hmm. and so you do kind of have to be careful on what you say because mm-hmm. it's just it's just well different. i mean you don't got to be careful because it is what it is where you're at but maybe we've been better at like not say, saying like i don't know how it is where you're at but where we're at right. this is how it is like you're saying basically right because right. Cause then I've been too careful and just not want to say anything. And then it's like, I don't, we don't want to be like that either. You know, like, right. Well, we're just not going to give our opinion because well, blah, 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 you know? Right. 
And I don't even know if I would really want to go into that. This is kind of a rabbit trail, but talking about different things and talking about like hunting quote unquote roost. Cause we do a lot of evening hunting mm-hmm. locally and it's, we have success. We have success in the morning too. Mm-hmm. But I feel like California is so mild. Uh, we're not necessarily, we're weather dependent as far as like wind, but I mean like, like big pushes of birds and migrations and, and cold fronts. You hear a lot of guys back East and stuff talk about that, right? Like, Oh, we're getting a push and we're, uh, this cold front and it's going to be snow. And when it's cold, uh, these birds are going to be moving. They're going to be feeding more type thing. We don't really ever get that here, like locally because right. our, our weather's so mild. So like when that kind of stuff affects what the birds are doing. So I, I feel like I've seen bigger groups of birds together um, like in one spot, other places mm-hmm. versus, versus here where there's really birds almost basically everywhere, mm-hmm. but like concentrated wise, it's almost not as dense because like I said, we have so much area for the birds, you know? Yeah, totally dude. That's all, the whole yeah. grasslands all the way up to the Sac Valley. It's almost like a solid strip of yeah wetlands, you know? Mm-hmm. But now, yeah. now I, and I don't know where this guy's from, but um, he probably said, and I may have forgot already, I apologize, but I'm visualizing when I hear questions like this, I visualize more like it's a bunch of farm ground and there's ponds here and there. Like here's a pond and five miles this way, there's a pond and that's where birds are roosting. Yeah, if there was, like you said, if there was 500 birds, a thousand birds in there and I'm in a cornfield that I'm hunting that they're going in to feed. I'm, I, why would I not go to the feed and hunt there? You know, I'm not going to just go blow that pond out. Like, why would I do mm-hmm. that's shooting myself yeah. in the foot, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe, yeah. maybe that's a big hot topic. Cause maybe people do that all the time. I don't like, there's people that go blow those out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah. dude, if I had the option and I had permission on the feed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to mm-hmm. hunt the feed and I'm going to, get them in there or even if i have permission on a, a route they have to the feed traffic them but mm-hmm. that kind of doesn't apply too, think too of, much think here about this. Really. think about this like i said it's all situational what if um the roost is on a property you have permission to hunt but yeah. their feed isn't yeah yeah then what do you do i mean <laughs> it's either hunting or don't i'm i probably would you know what i mean <laughs> yeah dude so I mean, you just going to sit it's, there and watch him because Joe blows down the road trying to, yeah. cor- I don't think so. And I don't know any, that's not, has nothing to do with ethics or anything in my opinion. Oh no, I don't, I don't I mean, think so either. I mean, you you still have a limit, a daily limit. Why exactly what have to do with ethics? All the birds have to do is move to a different roost. They do it every year. Yeah. If you're hurting anybody, you're hurting yourself. Cause that exactly. might be, you, that may be, be your one and done deal. Right, they might not come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More, more likely so. It, when you take you know a massive group and you hunt for five hours versus you get a quick one oh, or two right. minute limit and you're you're gone in one hour. Yeah, I mean, how many, sneak out. dude? How many times have we like let's get out here, let's get out here, let's save this? You know, it's like mm-hmm. you get your limit, you want to get out. 
Like you don't want to sit there and mm-hmm. stretch it out. And I'm ta- that's yeah. just public ground. Period. I'm not talking about little honey hole spot, like mm-hmm. little ponds on private property, because that's something we don't mm-hmm. do. You know, we don't have the opportunity to. So yeah, yeah. I I mean I think that pretty much covered it, don't you? As far as yeah, that question for us. So mm-hmm. what was your favorite piece of gear this last season? I'm gonna try to sit there and think about it myself, man. It's like kind of semi. It's not hard to Favorite say. Favorite piece of gear. From clothing um, to to anything, really. I mean, this was, I mean, if for some reason it doesn't feel like it, but this was our first year with the boat. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. would say, yeah, the boat was my favorite piece. <laughs> uh, I know. Uh, I don't, yeah, I guess you could call that gear, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, because you don't have to have. You don't have to have a boat like we did, but if you had a boat with the motor and you can get new places, you can get into that yeah, fairly man. cheap. Yeah. So I would say boat for sure. Man, you just, yeah, I can't even go around that one. Man. Just to be nice, I guess, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you. That's definitely mine. Like that, we had that episode with Ricky and Nicholas. It's my, he said it, he nailed it. My boat is my duck lease. <laughs> mm-hmm. People is there this. another? Is there another like smaller? Piece I know that's that what I'm trying to think of. Because um, that, that's kind of that's kind of a given, right? I know, dude. The boat. Well, um, yeah. I'm sitting here trying. To maybe think. not. Maybe some people would would get a boat and maybe not like it, but I don't know. Mm. Um. Oh, you know what? Eh, I'm just gonna throw this out there because I don't. I don't want to be too crazy i if i sat i could probably write five different things and have a hard time to sign but let me just say this you give you a second to think i will say this year i switched to final approaches um uh texas rigs oh my goodness mm-hmm. oh so now and that's new for this year so that's kind of better for me because it was a new piece yeah. he kind of said that in his question like what was some your favorite piece of gear mm-hmm. i will say that um it's just so nice picking up and moving quick, just boom. Like I never did before because I like throwing stuff in a in a bat in a slotted bag, which you can still do easily. Tom's taught me that one. Like my mindset was, oh, if it's text rig, I leave them all tied together and let them rub up on each other and get scratched up and ruined. But we beat the snot out of those uh, final approach mallards this year and all the other final oh. approach decoys. But I will say the rigging by far to me was just. It was just a nice change of pace going from yeah. the elastic ones with the double hooks. It just, they would tangle up and, you know, <laughs> yeah. drive me nuts. Uh, especially if you're hunting with bigger number of decoys. Yep. Like lots of times we hunt with, you know, few six decoys, four, 12 at max, you know. Yep. But when you're hunting bigger water like we were with those and you got, you know, six dozen. <laughs> that's like the only way to go. It is, yeah, dude. that's a good one. You made that's me. A good one. You made me a believer in that for sure, dude. How fast could we stick a five dozen out? Like, I feel like yeah, two quick. guys, quick, quick. What, like in seven, eight minutes or something? You know, like super quick. So, mm-hmm. but anyways, uh, what about this coming year? Have you have you even spent any time thinking about that? I have. I can't say. I, I'll tell you what. A piece of gear that I want, and I think you do too, for sure. And it's an again, it's an expensive piece. Maybe we can give it a little bit cheaper idea, but is a twenty-eight gauge. 
I, I've been one, one for three years, and it's like this year I've got to make it happen. Uh-huh. And I really do. I ain't going to lie. I don't want to spend no $3,000. I I did. I spent 1500 on my A5 out the door. Um, I guess they were a little, I didn't get the fancier one, but I, that was a lot, right, for me. And I was just like, man, but, you know, that's been eight years now. And I've never regret, regretted that. But to buy that 28 gauge, I think it's like around 2800 isn't it? Or is it 1800 Yeah, the, the Benelli, depending the, on which one you get. The Benelli 3-inch one, the brand new one. Uh-huh. Isn't that yeah. close to three? Yeah, I think it's like 28 that's something like that. That's yeah. a lot. That's a lot of money, man. Yeah. I don't know. No, it might be a little cheaper than that. I think it might. I can't remember now. It's been a while. I went to a gun store and, and had a guy put my name on the list, but that was like six months ago and I haven't heard from him. So I think now I need I, to go back in there. Yeah, you should. I, I know I don't need to get that model, but the reason I like that one is I really want a three inch. Not that you have to have that. I feel totally confident I would kill him with a two and three quarter inch, but they're the only one right now that I know of for a 28 gauge that makes three inch. And then... As far as shot size go, um, heavy shots, the only ones that make three-inch 28-gauge shells, I believe. Yeah. I now, I could be wrong, and people are yell, you're yelling at me right now listening to this, but I'm almost 100% sure it is. Yeah. I, I know guys are going to come out with three-inch if they haven't already but for 28-gauge, but as, I'm, as far as I know, it's two and three-quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know that. There's a couple different things. The actually a 20 gauge was. I was first. I was going to do 28 too, but I was like, I don't have a 20 yet, so I need to get one. Um, I've been using my A5 this whole time. So hey, well uh, then that's perfect, dude. Because if he calls you up and says I have a 28 gauge, you can just let me buy it. Yeah, that's true. Don't take uh, your name off the go, list. I need to go in. Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that, but. I need to call him and harass him and say, hey, man, it's a deal, you know? Yeah, because they might have come and gone already. Well, I was like fifth on the list. Mm-hmm. Kind of see where you're that. at now. Yeah, so maybe <clears throat> maybe I could uh, find out if he's got more coming or what. Because mm-hmm. I know if you don't get it early, it's, it's too late, you know? Yeah. So the tw- uh, 20 gauge for sure um there's a oh i actually just sent this is slightly off topic but um you probably could do a podcast on this too but i sent my uh situators in to be um you know get worked over whatever whatever they do i had a service right i had a small tear like in the crotch area Mm -hmm. So I ha- I haven't heard back from them yet, but I know they're um they're um the people that they have take care of it mm-hmm. have received them. So I'm curious to hear back on on what they do and if they what they charge and you know how what the turnaround is and all or, that. We could probably keep you guys posted on that. Or if they charge, right? Yeah, Kevin, Kevin's had his sent his in. I don't know how long he's had his. I think for quite a while, and he said he's sent his in like a couple times, and he's never been charged yet. And they mm. even changed his boots out. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, oh, wow. yeah, I'm like, that's a massive change. I mean, that's three, four hundred bucks for a new pair of boots, I think. Yeah. If you look at the price list. So, I mean, as far as I know, dude, it sounds like they're being pretty fair. I don't think you're going to get charged nothing because that's a, that's a stitching. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we could, we'll keep, keep you guys, guys updated, updated yeah. on that. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm a, mine did the same thing. I was stepping over log, uh, hunting in the snow. If you haven't seen that video, it's on YouTube. I mean, I didn't put that on there that I did that, but when I stepped over the log, it was pretty high. I was like, I had to hike my leg a lot higher than Titus is able to stretch normally. <laughs> and it went, and I was like, oh, crud. And and it was crazy. Here's what's crazy about that is I stayed um, in the water. We were standing in the water, and it was over the waist, so water was coming in with that crotch blown out where the stitching is same exact terror thomas had it's so crazy because mm -hmm. i've i've had these waiters and had no nothing happen like that but anyways i didn't catch it on a branch or nothing but i know water was coming in. i could semi-fill it and that day it was like i think it was i want to say it was negative five it was either zero or negative five i can't um, there's a day there it was colder anyways when i got back i was wearing my gradients underneath and my whole, whatever side the water chose, the path it chose to pick, it was wet, but I wasn't cold. That's what's really crazy. Mm. So, like, it insulated. Even though it was wet, it was still kept me warm, which is really crazy in mm. that kind of temperatures. So, that's yeah. that's something to be said. You know, you don't know until you experience it, but I was really impressed. I was like, even knowing now that I have a blowout, if I have a blowout, my waders and it fills up, I can basically still hunt, you know. Mm -hmm doesn't ruin the hunt whereas some waiters you just like you're done yeah so kind of hung out on that area a lot these other ones aren't going to take as long i don't think the answer but those were three strong questions so thanks for sending that in man that's i'm bummed thomas you can't yeah. hear this so i guess you'll hear a little gap in sound and i'll just tell you what they said but here's from brian juiced and play right now hey guys my name is brian i am a fifth year duck hunter from the san francisco bay area hunting up in the sassoon marsh and up in the sac valley and i had a question how much time should i be dedicating to practicing my calling in the off season is that something i should do daily weekly month should i wait till it gets closer to duck hunting season or should i hit it while i have some more time in the summer thanks and really appreciate the podcast all right you there yeah. Yeah, as Brian uh juiced, he's he's from the Bay Area and he hunts like the Sassoon Marsh and like the Sackville and stuff like that. And his question was that he was wondering how often should he call practice his calling? Um just like like all off season, every day, uh weekly, monthly. Um you know, like how often? Yeah. Um, I mean, 
especially if no other time, at least, you know, fall, you know, mm-hmm. before, before season, not on opening day. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't hurt the more you practice, the better you're going to get. Right. Um, um, the thing is practicing like the same thing. Like if you practice what you already do, you're really not going to get better. Mm-hmm. So like you have to almost, there's a lot of uh, videos online. Titus could tell you which different ones. Um, but if you look up online, you know, championship, uh, live duck calling or some of the, the champions, um, that put videos on YouTube, um, and just try to just work on that and just work on different things and maybe things that you're not comfortable with, or you want to change, or you want to add something to what you can already do. Um, you know, that's going to be your best bet, mm. but you know, and, and honestly, it, it doesn't matter any time is good because even if once you learn it, you'll remember it mm-hmm. and you might, it might take a, just a little bit to get really good, you know, on that specific thing again. But once, once it's like, it's weird. Once something kind of clicks in your head, um, with your, with your air pressure and with your specific call that you're using, um, I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like you lose it really easily. I feel like you, it's like you kind of establish it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, honestly, anytime is good, but more, I mean, for me, I practice obviously more going into season before season Mm -hmm. than I do in the summertime, you know? Yeah. So I know, I mean, if you were to just, I think we all know the answer to, to that. Even you, Brian, like if, if someone was to say that you want to be the best of the best then practice every day. Right. But I think we all know most of us aren't really going to do that unless you're getting into competition calling. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Thomas, my biggest, biggest thing that I tell people is do not practice to the calling competitions because not now that will teach you voice or, or control air control and all that stuff but that's not none of those guys use those same methods as far as the sounds in the field you know you're not yeah. wah, 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 you're not doing that in the field did, the, did i say that right was live the- yeah you said it but it you said it quick so i don't know if people caught that you know is make because sure there's two, you there's two separate ones right? yes there's you know competition style and then and they call it meat they call me calling me yeah um they call it what else there's another word uh something street there's another one i didn't i just recently learned about all that about the podcast i did with brad but anyways yes look up live because and me and thomas are both probably going to steer you right towards um uh What's his name? Thomas. My mind just went blank. Brad, Brad Allen. Yep. No, no. Um, or or uh, Brett Crow. Brett Crow, with JJ Letters. Look at type in Brett Crow C R O W E live duck calling competition and copying that guy. He, I mean, you listen to him. He sounds like a real duck. I mean, like everything. He sounds like hundreds of ducks. <laughs> yeah, it's it's insane. So like, I really like. That's what I do. Is I practiced him. 
I blow it a little bit on and off through the summer, but nowhere near what I do. Like Thomas said, a month before season starts, I'm on it every day, multiple times a day. At least for myself, I am. Like in my office, every time I walk by, I always grab and blow them. And I like blowing them in their kitchen too because the acoustics sound really good. But blowing them <laughs> yeah. outside in your backyard definitely is not the same. It's more a hunting scenario. And it, that's what it's really going to sound like. But our kitchen mm-hmm. has a little bit of an echo. I was like, man, I wish it sounded like that out in the yeah. marsh. But everybody sounds good in the garage. Uh huh. Totally. So yeah, change your environment too. You know, go to different places and blow it because. You almost be disappointed in yourself. You're like, man, I thought I was sound good too till I blew yeah. out here and it was not echoing back at me anymore. That's why the guys in the timber have that really good sound. Mm-hmm. You hear those same guys blowing open water and it's like, hmm. Not, <laughs> not what I thought you were when I heard you originally in the timber. Don't sound as good, huh? <laughs> no. But um, that, and then you were saying, Brad Allen, I would say if you were a brand new duck caller and didn't know how to blow a duck call, for sure go to, to Elite Duck Call's uh, YouTube page and watch Brad Allen instruct because he's the man when it comes to that stuff, for sure. So, mm-hmm. man, dude, that stinks. You can't hear those. I wish I could have. I guess we know now you got to be in person. Um, you got time for, there's only two more left. You got time for that? Yeah. Okay. Let me play this one. I hate having to relay this to you. I don't know why. You can't hear that. It's so weird. All right, I'm going to hit play. Hey, Titus. My name is Isaac Axe. I am 16 years old, and I live in Southern California in the San Bernardino County. I just want to say thank you for all that you've been doing, and your podcast is super encouraging and fun to listen to. Uh, I'm actually moving up to Idaho, uh, around Boise area in June. And uh, I'm really excited about that, but I just want to ask, what is the biggest difference you would say in duck hunting or waterfowl hunting when it comes to California and Idaho? Okay. So that was Isaac Axe. He said he's 16 years old, and he's moving. He lives in Southern California, and they're actually moving to the Boise area, uh, Idaho, in June. And he wants to know, like, just what's the big differences between – hunting in California versus hunting in Idaho? Mm, Well, just, just from the, the, uh, can't remember now if I went there once or twice. It's hilarious, but I think I only went there once. Um, obviously temperatures are going to be a lot colder there. Um, you know, you're going to have more, well, you got the Snake River, right? You're going to have more river systems um, there than probably, well, I shouldn't say more, but I guess the environment is mm-hmm. going to be different. You, you're gonna, it's going to be a little bit more uh, mountainous. There's going to be some valleys and stuff like that too, but I mean, I, I guess the similarities would be, you know, there's ag here. And there's birds here and there's going to be ag there and you're going to find birds there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And it's just, um, that's a good point to bring up though, Thomas. That's a big tip really is Isaac, when you, and I appreciate you sending that in and everything. Nice thing you said, Isaac, about the podcast and everything. Just really focus off, focus on finding ag next to the river. It sounds kind of obvious, but if you don't think about that, you know, that's they definitely will bounce back between there. So I just want to throw that in while you're going through that, Thomas. Mm-hmm. 
do your Onyx research, you know, or your Google Earth and see where ag's planted. And I would definitely pinpoint on those spots. And I would definitely mm-hmm. think you need some type of, if you could, I'm not saying river's the only thing to hunt there, but if you could get some type of vessel, kayak, something, just be careful mm-hmm. and safe, you know, but. Uh-huh. That yeah, would, that's really all I got. Would you have anything to add to that? No, I mean, I feel like you think a lot deeper than I do. Sometimes I just think of the right off the top of my head things, but I always like your your input on that because you're thinking a lot more. But yeah, I would say just a vessel, you know, of some sort, kayak, canoe, um, and then get to your spot. Um, and the big differences, like you said, weather for sure. Um, and then the style, I, I, you're going to, I will say you're probably going to be pretty excited when you see the lack of pressure compared to here. And I know a lot of people that live in Idaho and I don't blame them for this get, or any other state get frustrated because, you know, people come in and visit there from out of state, which their Intel makes it busier than it normally would be or used to be back in the day but you know as long as you're respectful and you're becoming a resident anyway so i think you're gonna be pretty good um yeah just start wearing that shirt uh don't hassle me i'm local they can't (laughs) they can't they can't say anything anymore because you're gonna be a resident so yeah yeah well you know what um here's another one if you're moving there um the big difference is I know like this is not that way, but we hunted a lot of the river system up there and at least I, I did cause I went there multiple times and I will tell you this, it does seem like, and I could be totally wrong. So I don't have a ton of experience up there, but it does seem like it's a, it's a, it's a transitioning place. You could have thousands of birds in the spot you're getting ready to hunt. And by the next day they could be out of there. So mm-hmm. if you find something worth something, I would be hunting it the day of if you could, because you never know. They might be gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Birds migrate anyways, but I feel like it was more. There's some places we've hunted where I think for the most part, they just hang. You know, birds just hang out for long periods of time. Whereas I feel like mm-hmm. hunting the river, just the river I'm speaking of, they could be there for three at one day, for five days, for a week, for two, if they're not getting hassled with. But then, mm-hmm. before you know it, they're they're bouncing if you get some gnarly weather. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's a big thing you got to get used to, because we're at the bottom end of the of the migration, right? So once birds get here, especially Southern California where you're from, Isaac, once they get there, they're pretty much there for till the end of season, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part, whereas up there, that is definitely a spot. They're still working their way south. So that's something to get used to, too. Get in while the getting's good, basically, is what I'm saying. So anyways, that was the that was the last question, I believe. So I appreciate you guys sending those in. And for those of you that have not done this or didn't know about this, because I think there's a lot of you that actually still don't know about this, um, I'm going to give you a what you how you do this okay so let me pull it up real quick to give you the right link it's also going to be down in the description below so you literally could just click on it it'll take you right to this page and said hit record but if you don't if you want to hear it you just put in say hi so s-a-y-h-i dot chat c-h-a-t forward slash the mvm show all one word and you punch that in your browser 
on your phone, like Safari or Google or whatever, you punch that in, it will take you right to that page. You hit record, you hit send, and then we get the notification and we'll have you on. And I really enjoy getting those questions from you guys. It gives us good topics and things to talk about. So anyways, you got a tip of the day, Thomas? Anything special you have just in life in general? (laughs) (laughs) Tip of the day? Yeah. Uh, That one kind of hit me off guard. Um, Keep God first. Yeah, that's a good one. Wake wake up early, keep God first, work hard, eat a lot, and work out. That's what I got. Love your family. Love. Yeah, Yeah, what is it? What what do they say? Love Love your country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, I, in all seriousness, seriousness. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And, and Thomas is been bulking right now. I know there's a lot. There's so, quite a few of you that listen that power lift or do whatever, you know, different types of training with the weights and stuff. So Thomas is, what did you start out, Thomas? Uh, 196. And you're, what are you right now? Uh, I was 215 this morning. <laughs> You're heavier than Bubba's. <laughs> well, I gotta, I gotta keep going. I'm, I'm tall, so I gotta yeah. put some. The difference between me and Thomas on. is I'm five, not quite five eleven. Tall. What are you, six one or two? Two. Two. Six so two. he can still be about two thirty. Actually, Thomas could probably be two sixty and look at the same build as me for his height. <laughs> so he's got room to grow. Big Daddy doesn't. So, anyways. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks for coming on, Thomas. And uh, Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah, guys, keep sending those in. I really enjoy it, and it uh, gives you a chance to be on the show. So we'll see you guys in the next one. <laughs>